all these little things that um, you know are natural to do. You can you know add into your daily routine. Yeah. that can really significantly improve your your mood, your health, and everything over time. But again, it's it, you know these are the sort of things that like I'm only starting to you know, start learning about now in my thirties. Like, yeah, wish I had known this stuff fifteen years ago. 100%. It's a bit of an interesting sound for quarter past 10 in the morning. It's, uh, <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere, isn't that what they say? Yeah. Beautiful. Cheers, man. Cheers, buddy. Beautiful. How you going? Very well. Cruising, Anthony? You're cruising, definitely. Definitely. Cruising. Thanks for thanks for having us. Came no, for a chat. No drama. So uh, welcome, guys, to another episode of the Drinks with Jackson podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jackson. And today, uh, we're actually moving out of Shepparton. So I've got the uh, work attire down down below, but um, yeah, moving out of Shep, and I just thought I'd uh, pass by uh, Anthony Murphy at Attention Media uh, and have a bit of a yarn uh, and see what he's been up to. So excellent! No, very excited, mate. I've uh, I've been tuning into the uh, the previous episodes, and they've all been fantastic. And um, actually, know quite a few people that you've had on the show, which is great. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, no, uh, no, Will, and uh, actually Celia O'Kane, who you last had on. We, um, I know her from way back when she was quite young and we were younger. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, lived down in, uh, in regional Vic, sort of out in Devonish and, uh, yeah, knew the O'Kane family quite well. So, yeah, yeah it's awesome. a small world. Small world. Yeah. Very small world. So uh, today we're drinking two lads in a barrel, their lager. Uh, shout out to those boys. Shout out to those guys over in Moama, quite new. Uh I was a bit hesitant with the lager because I haven't tried it. I thought, oh, I've had a few bad experiences with lagers in the past. Okay. And I've hammered a few people on the uh, beer reviews, but I'm quite impressed with it. Uh, 1.2 standards. What's that? Four and a half ABV. Yep. So, uh, yeah. That's not bad on, uh, yeah, first taste for myself as well, but that's um, it's not too bad. I think they've got the three skews, the uh, red yep. and the pale ale. Yep. And the lager. Yeah, and the yeah, lager. So, perfect. That we're drinking today. Fantastic. Love it. So I've written a few questions down, mate. Yeah, let's dive into it, mate. Dive okay. into it. So uh, Attention Media, what is it and how did it come about? So Attention Media is a digital growth agency, um, aka digital marketing agency. Sure. Do you want the uh, the long story or the short story? Hey, <laughs> give it to me. Um, no, look, we'll, we'll try and keep it concise. Um, sure. The... The the story with attention was that um, really it actually birthed from my own podcast, my own personal podcast, which I started back in 2015. Um, the the podcast at that point was myself interviewing other young entrepreneurs in the local area. Um, you know, people were starting businesses, uh, etc., and so forth. At the time, I was working uh, for my dad and my uncle's business in Benalla. Um, I had. Uh, Obviously, you know, I started working there when I was a young bloke as well, doing a bit of part-time, you know, while we're finishing off school and all that sort of stuff. But at that point, um, was working in Benalla for dad's, uh, for dad's business um, as a quality manager and then sort of moved into sales and marketing. Started this podcast in 2015 and off the back of the podcast, I had people reaching out to me saying, oh, can you help me with my social media? Can you do this? Can you do that? Um, and uh, of course, said yes and started doing a few bits and pieces in the marketing space for other people. 
Uh, and I was very much, um, and obviously still am today, but very much in that digital marketing, you know, social media, just really, really loved it, um, as well as the podcasting. And that essentially grew to the point where um, I needed to turn it into something. Uh, it was originally called AM Digital Consulting. Don't uh, don't hammer me on the name, but um, it uh, it started um, it started to grow, and we got to the point where in 2017 we um, brought on our first like real you would call it real. Um, First real client, first real partner. Sure. Um, you know, I'd been helping people out sort of in that sort of uh, 12 months prior. Um, Feb 2017 is, you know, essentially the the start date of the business. Um, and uh, it was actually software partners accountants that we brought on board. They were our very first client. Um, we moved uh, to change the name to Attention Media not long after. And uh, it, it, it just continued to grow. It was only part-time at that stage. I was still working um, you know, for, for dad's business. Um, long story short, uh, my first uh, child came along, was born in 2016. Um, you know, uh, your perspective changes a lot once you, you have a kid or, or kids. And uh, I wanted to um, essentially reduce the amount of travel, you know, traveling back and forth to Benella every sure. day. Um, all of a sudden I was, you know, really looking at my time and going, well, I'm spending, you know, eight to 10 hours driving just in the car a week to get to work. Um, and was fortunate enough that I was able to find, um, a part-time marketing role with uh, another company here in Shepparton, which was literally five minutes around the corner from home. So left the family business, um, was working, um, a couple of days a week for uh, this local business here in Shep and continued to bring on clients for attention media. Got to the point in 2019, um, where we, had so much work that I had to make that decision. We're either going to go full-time in attention media or I just had to let it go. Obviously, wasn't going to let it go. Um, so July of 2019 was when we dived into it uh, and I started working full-time um, in the agency. We were bringing on team members and, uh, you know, fast forward to where we are today. We're almost to that four-year mark of, you know, me being full-time. Um, and yeah, we're a team of six, um, got clients all around Australia and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's onwards and upwards. It's a bit of a daunting time to really, uh, go full hammer at what, 2019, not knowing COVID's right around the corner. <laughs> oh, the timing was, yeah. Yes. Hindsight's a beautiful thing, but, um, yeah, going full time in uh, 2019 and thinking, you know, the, the world's the oyster and then March of 2020 rolls around and, uh, yeah, it was a pretty scary time. We, uh, you know, we essentially lost effectively seventy percent of our monthly revenue in the space of a week. It's crazy. Um, which is, you know, was not uncommon for a lot of companies, obviously. But um, we, yeah, we 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 uh, we navigated the situation, um, and you know, we we came through the other side. I think we were sort of lucky in the sense that that initial shock in March twenty twenty, where businesses were going well, we've got to close our doors. We don't have any money coming in. We're going to have to pause our marketing. Um, but on the flip side, we also had a, an influx of companies saying, well, the only way we can generate revenue is online now. So we actually need to do something in that space. So it was kind of a, it, it ebbed and flowed because we had um, clients putting things on pause, but then we had new business coming in because everybody's going, we've got to go on, we've got to get online. Like yeah. we've got to start selling online. Um, so yeah, long story short, um, you know, everything worked out and we've continued to grow and yeah, here we are today. It's so good. Like, uh, 
last night whilst I was packing, I watched uh, one of my favourite movies, The Internship with Vince Vaughn and Alan mm. Wilson. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, they've got the the Google internship. Yes, uh, yes. And obviously another one of my favourites, The Intern, Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway. I think both really... <laughs> actually rate that movie too. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's so good. Like the new and the old, but both I think really sort of encapsulate the the new world that we're moving into, that online digital presence mm-hmm. that... Yeah, you know we live amongst. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And obviously, you know, for us, you know, we see it day in and day out where there is still so much opportunity that's on the table for businesses who, you know, haven't either haven't stepped into the digital space or just, you know, again, mate, you know, business owners are, are time poor as well. Like oh, they, you know, they're the to, worst. Yeah, especially you know, with the last three to four years, you know, since the pandemic and all that sort of stuff, you know, having the the mental capacity to be looking at your business and going, oh, geez, actually we should be doing more in the digital marketing space or, you know, obviously there's been so much going on. So, um, but again, there is, there's so much opportunity out there for businesses and obviously that's our, you know, that's our, um, our point of value is essentially is helping them tap into that and then, um, you know, grow, th- for, grow through there. A lot of small businesses too, I find, uh, and it's, it's a strength and a weakness, but their ability to sort of micromanage mm-hmm. and not let things go. Yep. yep. So For to, sure. to, you know, call you guys up and say, hey, can you take care of my social media yeah. and really yeah, yeah, exactly. S- sort that out for me? It's yeah. like set and forget, tick, done. It, yeah, and it, 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 you're right. It, it, it's a big thing for a lot of people. Um, and that's where, you know, we need to build that, that trust factor, um, you know, with that business. We need to obviously be able to demonstrate that, uh, you know, we can help them, we can solve a problem, we can help them grow. And, uh, and you know, it is, it's a partnership. We always look at, um, you know, any new brand or business that we are partnering with, we do treat it that way. It is a partnership. We're always looking to, to build long-term partnerships. I think, uh, you know, the, the digital agency space, um, you know, gets a pretty bad rap a lot of the time and rightly so, because there's a lot of people out there that, you know, it's just, it's a numbers game, it's volume, it's, it's, it's not, you know, there's no real care factor. It's like, you know, bring a client on board, how much money can we extract from them? And if they churn, they churn, we just keep bringing new clients in. So, you know, for us, um, that's definitely not the business model that we run. Um, it is about building those long-term partnerships because that's going to help us grow as well. Like yep. if you think about it, um, you know, an agency out there that's all about, you know, the volume game, just bringing as many clients in as possible, you're always chasing your tail. Like yeah. if you're not, if you're not, um, you know, providing value and, you know, partnering with a company for the long-term, you're just constantly chasing your tail. Like number one, it's, yeah. it's no way to grow a business, obviously. And, uh, you know, for us, um, you know, it is about building those relationships with companies that we can help grow and likewise that will help us grow as well. The, the beauty of like executing a smaller uh, customer base and clientele, the, you know, word of mouth travels yeah. far better. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know, yeah. Get, getting clients that way as opposed to the cold calls and the emails yep. and – Yep. Yeah, and look, and, and we still do that too, but I think, you know, that that's the word of mouth and the referral side of things is very important as well because, um, you know, if you do a good job for somebody, they're going to be happy to tell other people about it. Yeah. Uh, likewise, if you do a bad job – uh, and I think it's that saying, you know, if, if you do if you do something nice for somebody, they'll tell one other person about it. If you do something wrong by someone, they'll tell ten people about oh, it. Oh yeah, so bad news travels fast. Exactly, good. exactly. So you know, at the end of the day, you just you always want to do the right thing and uh, do the best by people. So yeah, yeah. 
Well, uh, I think we just covered my next question, which was what are the challenges, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Challenges uh, in running an agency? Is that that the question? Oh, yeah, that and obviously – you know, what competitors may have uh, done by giving yep. you guys about or giving the industry a bad rap. Yeah. Yeah. Look, uh, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to uh, communication, uh, you know, first and foremost, because at the end of the day, it is a partnership, right? So, uh, and you can think about it in a couple of ways. In order to execute on your marketing, um, you know, a business is either going to have an internal person or a team, or they're going to, yeah, look externally and hire an agency or a freelancer or whoever it might be. Regardless of whether it's internal or external, you have to have solid communication. Like if, if you're running a business, you need to have really good communication with your team to make sure that everybody is delivering on what they need to be delivering on, getting the job done right. Uh, and it's no different when you partner with an agency. Um, you need to have good communication with them. And it goes both ways from the business to the agency, but also from the agency back to the business. Sure to make sure that everybody's on the same page, everybody knows where they're heading, what the objectives are, are we hitting KPIs, are we actually growing? Um, you know, if something's not working, are we gonna change it? What are we gonna do, X, Y, Z? Um, so I think the the thing that happens a lot of the time, the the breakdown or the bad rap from an agency perspective is either they're just not operating, you know, the agency's not operating as ethically as they could be, or number two, the communication isn't good enough, right? The, the client or the business will be left um, kind of wondering, what's happening, what's the agency doing, are we getting results, are they being transparent? So there's just there's all these questions that build up, right? And if the agency doesn't have com- good communication back with the client, that's obviously going to break down over time, isn't it? So, you know, that's, that's the, the biggest problem that I see in the industry is, you know, it just comes back to communication. I think too, like a lot of small businesses wrapping their head around paying for a service that's intangible, Outside of, you know, clicking on a website, like yep. there's nothing that I can actually hold and feel. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. And there's a lot of, and again, like, you know, that as an agency, you know, it, it's our job to help them understand their numbers and what they're getting from their marketing. What's the, what's the return? Um, and it's, it's something that is basically you know, the fundamentals of especially things like paid advertising, you know, you, you're putting, you're investing a dollar into advertising. What is the return? Is it sustainable? Is it positive? Um, can we scale it? Um, and all of that sort of information that, you know, a business owner may not fully understand or, or not be able to stay across day to day. That's obviously the agency's job to feed that data back to them so they can make informed decisions around, you know, business decisions and, and growth decisions moving forward. Sure. The uh, you touched on your team being a team of six. Mm-hmm. Having a small team like that does it make everyone sort of accountable? It does. Not yeah. like a major organisation where you can sort of hide behind a computer and yeah, of course, yeah. Look, it, it does. Obviously, everybody has a role to play, um, and you know we we're obviously continuing to grow ourselves. That you know the idea is that we do continue to to grow our team. Um, you know. And, and grow the number of partnerships that we have with different businesses. But, uh, you know, at this point, team of six, um, everybody has a role. Everybody has a particular skill set as well. And, um, yeah, we do. We, we make sure that everybody is accountable to their role and, and we're hitting out KPIs and getting the job done. Are there sorts of – is there any sort of attributes or skills that you look for in particular with the team? Oh, for sure, for sure. I think, um, you know, I am of the opinion that – 
you know, uh, these days a resume is pretty much kind of redundant for it me is, personally because yeah. um, anybody can sort of write anything on a resume. Um, you know, anybody can put down any kind of referees or references. Like at the end of the day, for me personally, it's um, – who is the the particular person? Like, who are we looking to hire? Um, you know, what are their values, and what do they want to achieve from either the role or you know their career in this industry? And does that match up with who we need in any particular role? Right. So it comes back to it's also it's almost more a, you know a conversation of rather uh, or looking at it from the point of view is you know is that person going to be good for our business? Yeah. It's like is our business going to be a good fit for that person? Sure. Because if it's not, they're not going to do their best work and you're not going to have longevity from that person, from That's that it. team member either. Yeah, they want to be the right fit. Yeah, because as a business owner, we always – we sort of like to to think of it in that way of, you know, are they going to be a good fit for the role? And obviously they have to be, um, but they're a, they're a human being. They're an individual. They have their own values, thoughts, you know, career progression that they want to go on. And we also need to tap into that and try and understand that because they're going to come into your business and their what they think their future looks like or what their skill sets are and what they're passionate about, you need to know that so that you know if they're going to be a good fit and where they want to go and what they it's want to do. It's got to be some sort of alignment. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's not just looking at them and going, do they have the skill sets? Can they get the job done? What's their past experience? Obviously, those things are important as well. Um, but you know, what is the business going to be able to give them um, especially if you're looking to obviously retain those team members and, and have them in the business long-term and, and have them sort of, you know, buy into the company and the brand and, and where you want to go, they have to have, um, you know, they have to have the drive as well to do that. Oh, massively. Mm. Uh, chat GBT. Yes. AI. I was wondering whether this was going to come up. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> this was the wormhole. I thought, you know, we had a bit of a chat before we, we put the headphones on and mm. I said like, look, I think the topics, uh, <laughs> is there anything out of bounds or, you know, there's a few things maybe we could delve into that we may not be able to get ourselves out of. So, AI. AI. Um, artificial intelligence is, it's up there with one of the biggest, you know, changes or developments that I think, you know, mankind is going to go through. It's and even for myself, like I, I know so very little about the capabilities of AI, but from what I hear, you know, research and know of AI, most of us still have no idea what it's actually capable of. Like there's some pretty scary stuff out there. Yeah. Um, scary in the form of its ability to continually learn and then execute on things. For example, there was a video um, that I was watching uh, only just uh, yesterday of the uh, the founder of um, OpenAI and he was on a podcast, I think it was with, I think it was the Lex Friedman podcast, but they were basically talking about the fact that, you know, at some point AI and how, you know, humans, uh, you know, use AI there's going to have to be some sort of regulation around it because it it could be used for the wrong purposes. Oh, massively. Um, AI can continue to learn and program itself where it starts to become a threat and 
yes, there's a whole lot of unanswered questions. And then the people themselves who develop and keep innovating this technology, who's who's sort of watching what they're doing and making sure that they're not stepping yeah. over the boundaries. Yeah. And, you know, for example, um, there was – someone was using ChatGPT and ChatGPT was able to – you know, the, the prompts that this person was putting into it, I forget what the situation was, but uh, essentially ChatGPT – got access to Fiverr or, or Freelancer and actually hired somebody in order to do something that a human needed to do, right? Like obviously it's a, it's a program, it's software, but yeah. it, it got onto a Freelancer platform and hired somebody to execute on a number of tasks which it needed to do in order to accomplish whatever the input was. Like, it's crazy. So it, it knew yeah. – oh, hang on a second – I, I can't manually shift something or talk to someone. It went and hired somebody online. Thought for itself. Thought for itself, knew what its weaknesses were, and then found a way to overcome that. That's crazy. I was um, listening to David Cho, who's uh, recently on Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, he features in the Netflix series Beef. Mm-hmm. If you haven't watched it, check it out. I it's, haven't yet, no. It's, it's fucking incredible. But uh, a bit of a backstory with David Cho. I believe he did all the artwork for Facebook. Okay. Early days in their headquarters. Yeah, right. And he got paid in shares yes. before they went public. Yes. Yep. And then his position was then worth like approximately $200 million when they went public. Yep, yep. Like he, he kills it. Mm. Um, mm. He's uh, living in a way that everything he does loses money. So by the time he gets to 85, he should have a net worth of zero. Right. Which I think is pretty admirable instead of leaving – a shitload of money to mm-hmm. yep. someone or something, yeah. you know, yeah. sort of living his life to the fullest. But he spoke about uh, how he sacked his lawyer because all the questions he asked or wanted to ask, it cost like two to $500 just to call yes. the lawyer yes, instead of just putting it into chat GBT and yes. getting a very similar answer. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think, you know, in, in terms of like, use cases today right now in 2023 there's it's kind of one of those things where you kind of have to change your mindset like me as as a you know a digital marketer as a business owner even even right now for me it's a big leap to actually start to use ai in its current capacity to do things more efficiently in faster time and you know better essentially um, so for somebody who's not super tech savvy or, or not sort of following the industry or not into AI, you know, again, the gap is going to widen so quickly um, that you'll get left behind so quickly. Uh, you know, again, there's that story going around. Somebody drew up, um, you know, essentially a diagram of the homepage of a website on a napkin, took a photo of it, uploaded it to ChatGPT, and then ChatGPT built the website wrote all the code for a functioning website off some scribble that somebody put on a napkin. Yeah. Like that's the capability that this thing has. I think I saw like a reel that uh, obviously people are using ChatGBT for uh, their exams and for their questions for their quizzes. And uh, 
I'm a bit worried that the next generation may not have the capacity to think for themselves in a logic way because they're relying on technology so much. Mm, yeah. And I think that's like an edge. I'm not sure how old you are, but I'm guessing you sort of grew up with technology, yep. you know, dial up to where we are today. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you exactly. can respect yes. Yes. how it's evolved. Yep. And you can sort of, you know, push it away when needed. Mm, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm I'm 33 and I was still of the era where um, I would write letters to my girlfriend because there was no social media. Right. We didn't have phones. Like, you know, and, and coming towards the, the tail end of that, I think I got my first mobile when I was 15, maybe I was 16. Um, and... Yeah, prior to that, yes, it was, you know, the dial-up internet was, you know, crazy and, you know, we were all using like MSN Messenger and, you know, back in those days, right, um, if you wanted to make a phone call, you had to tell the person to get off the internet. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I was obviously, you know, just at, at that sort of tipping point when the internet really sort of started to take hold. Um, I think in terms of, you know, the generation these days, you know, I think of my own two young kids um, you know, who are only just school age now talking about AI, like what is AI going to look like when they're teenagers, like in the next decade? Yeah. Like that is, there is going to be a huge amount of progression and innovation over the next 10 years. Um, and we probably can't even imagine what it's going to look like. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a parent, it, um, you know, there's, there's lots of things to sort of, you know, be aware of and, um, you know, make sure that you're, helping set your kids up and uh, and again like you know there'll, there'll be there'll be ongoing um you know changes and regulation and, and you know rules and standards and all that sort of stuff the the schools will work out a way to make sure that you know people aren't just you know pulling everything off chat gpt or using ai and all that sort of stuff so it's just going to be a constant state of change that we just have to keep you know adapting and staying up to date with yeah the change is a massive thing and even now I sort of touched on with the uh, Q&A episode with the uh, New Nations. So uh, was it BRIC? So Brazil, Russia, mm. India, China and yep. South Africa. Yep. Uh, their GDP is like two-thirds larger than the US mm -hmm. and it's sort of crazy the shift in power. Like we're not going to war to sort of acquire power. It's yep. very – yeah. It's technological. Yeah. It's economical. It's it's a scary place we live in. Mm. Um, the next ten years is going to be a very yeah daunting space. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like I think there there is so much going on right now. I mean, like you know, you could argue that there's so much going on at any point in time or any point in history. But at the moment, you know, we've got. We've got the blockchain, we've got crypto, we've got AI, we've got the BRICS nations, we've got, um, you know, the the US are sort of uh, losing that grip of being, you know, the dominant nation, the US dollar being the world's reserve currency. Um, and like this sort of stuff has happened before, right? Like, you know, the US hasn't always been the dominant nation. The the US um the US dollar hasn't, you know, wasn't always just the world's reserve currency. Like things happen over time, change happens, things progress. And it is pretty scary. Um about uh, I suppose it's the unknown, isn't it, right? Like, yeah. you know, we've only been alive for thirty odd years. 
Um, so all of this stuff seems new and hasn't happened before, but if you go back and look through history, like there's always these changes of different civilizations being dominant and, you know, and change happening. Um, and we're just at a point now where there's so much going on that, yeah, you can kind of look at it and go, wow, it's all, it's all a bit too much. Like what's going to happen? Um, but yeah. I think like people and Joe Rogan had a joke about this too in one of his specials, I think strange times. Yep. Um, but you know, the, we're not that old. It's like the mm. countries are like 300 years old. Yeah. Back then people uh, lived to be 100. Yeah. So that was three people ago. Mm. Mm. Like just putting it into that perspective, it's yeah, yeah. It, it's crazy like how far we've progressed. People used to jump on a boat that was made by slaves um, and sail across the ocean without Google Maps. Like, and, and half of them didn't make it because the journey took so long yeah. and they all got so sick yeah. and a lot of them died. It's, like, it's crazy. Like, yeah, exactly. It is. It's insane. I yeah. keep thinking back to um, my yeah, my only real trip internationally um, was uh, back in 20, 2011, I think it was, um, but went over to London, uh, went over to Ireland for a little bit Um and it's just crazy to think how young a country like Australia is when you go to somewhere like Ireland and you're doing a bus tour and the bus tour pulls up at, you know, just different graveyards and stuff along the country roads and some of the tombstones have 1097 on them. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the tombstone, you know, it's a thousand years old. And then you go to a pub in Galway, the King's Head pub in Galway, and it was built by the person who beheaded King Henry, King Ed, Edward or Henry, I can't remember which one, the eighth. And essentially what happened was he was driven out of um, England um, and he went over to Ireland, went to the far side of Ireland and built this pub and the pub is like a thousand years old. It's so crazy. You're sitting there having a pint of Guinness and you, it's so hard to comprehend how old this stuff is yeah. when you live in Australia and everything is so young. The beauty of that though, like things back then also were made to last. Yes. Yeah. They, really, they really were. Yeah. And, uh, you know, going into that bloody wormhole again, yep. if, you know, the hunter dry theory thing is accurate and we're going to get blasted by meteors for the next hundred years, I don't think we've made anything significant enough to last the test of time, mm. like the pyramids. Yes. Jeez, mate, that's another rabbit hole. Yeah, that, that's another <laughs> rabbit hole. Um, that's a whole podcast yeah. on its own. Oh, 100%. Uh, just to lighten it up, though, mm, mm. <laughs> uh, your socials, I see that uh, you hop in the ice bath every now and then. Yes, yes. Yeah? And for some reason, the the odd story or two that I put up, I'm just getting caned for <laughs> being that bloke who keeps putting up uh, ice bath oh, stories on, on Insta. Um yeah, no, look, I think, um, you know, for me, I, I've definitely always sort of been interested in that, um, you know, obviously you know, personal development and, you know, performance yeah. improvement and all that sort of stuff. I've been, you know, I started taking cold showers probably about three to four years ago now. Yeah. Um, based on, you know, again, just the benefits of, you know, what some cold water will do for you. I think the thing that fascinates me is that, you know, growing up, going to school, um, we don't learn much around you know, the human body, like we learn the parts and we learn the names of different things, but we don't really have any real education on, you know, 
your genetic makeup and your your hormones and you know things that you can do just as a human naturally to improve your performance or you know um, you know we obviously we know that you know you need to eat well and uh, and get some sleep but you know that's kind of about it whereas when you really dive into these things the cold water therapy and all of the benefits that that has for yeah. you as a human um, is ridiculous so. Yeah, the ice bath for me is is only probably about three months old. Um, got to the point where the cold shower, just especially during summertime, just isn't really that cold. Um, so yeah, went and bought myself a uh, a chest freezer and uh, have been diving into the ice baths and uh, yeah, awesome. it's been a daily thing for the last three months and I can recommend it. It's um yeah again, it's one of those things that it's not an easy thing to do, but uh, for me the the benefits and especially how you feel afterwards. Like most people could resonate it with, you know, going to the gym, I suppose. Like, you know, you wake up, it's dark, ugh, don't want to go to the gym, like, you know, yep. but you go and then as soon as you've been to the gym and done your workout, you feel great and you Ma- feel yeah, happy massively. with yourself. You're like, yeah, we'll tick that one off. It's the same kind of thing doing an ice bath. It's it's hard to get yourself in there, um, but you do build up a tolerance over time. It gets easier, but you still get all those benefits. That, so That Wim Hof, I think he's sort of really... Yep found in that movement with you know that optimal natural state and what you can do yeah especially with like the breathing techniques yes but, um andrew huberman one of his uh podcasts he spoke about uh what happens to like your testosterone when you're using ice baths yep. and he yep. says like the optimal uh hormonal growth will happen if you do an ice bath before you work out yes so getting your body back to that yep Yes. Body temperature, that optimal body temperature and how hard your body has to work in yep. order to do that. Yeah, for once sure. Once you've been submerged in that state. Yep. So, yeah, it's pretty awesome what a bit of cold water can do for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's what I mean. Like it's, there's all these little things that, um, you know, are natural to do. You can, you know, add into your daily routine yeah. that can really significantly improve your your mood, your health and everything over time. But again, it's it, you know, these are the sort of things that, like I'm only starting to you know, start learning about now in my thirties. Like, yeah, wish I had known this stuff 15 years ago. Hundred percent. Um, but yeah, like the cold water, the cold water. Um, it also goes back to like we're very comfortable as human beings these days. Like we're very comfortable. Like we're sitting in a room now with air conditioning going. Like there's no, we don't often submit ourselves to extremes. Um, you know, in today's modern society. So, and I think that's not not. Not a good thing for longevity as a human. They talk about, um, you know, the the reason why people are so anxious and depressed is because, like, we've still got a ten thousand year old brain, mm. and we're not being uh, faced with the same adversity as yeah. we once were. Yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, putting yourself under that stress, whether it be you know your ice baths or on the flip side your saunas. Sauna. Yep. Uh, obviously. Saunas feel great. I know people do the sauna and then the ice bath, Mm -hmm. but I think there was a study that showed if you do a sauna session once a week, but that was made up of four half an hour goes. So one in the morning for half hour, uh, cool off just by air for 10 minutes, back in for half hour. And then in the evening, the exact same, except with a 20 minute break, two hours in that state. Yep. The heat shock proteins. Yes. Yeah, it's, yep. it's incredible. Yeah, it is. And I'm pretty sure, um, yeah, Huberman talks about that as well. Um, the, the the benefits that you will get from cold water therapy or ice plunge or anything like that. So um, you get 
up to a 2.5 times increase in your dopamine. Um, the the fact that you get into cold water means that all of your blood rushes to your core to protect your vital organs, obviously, because the external is very, very cold. Um, that activates the cold shock proteins, which are obviously very good for you. It increases your brown fat, um, which is essentially um, you know, increasing the, the mitochondria in your cells around your vital organs. That increases your metabolism. Then when you get out of the cold water, um, you know, if you've been cold enough, ideally you need to be cold enough where you'll actually start to shiver a little bit because that's obviously your body kicking in the, the warming ability to get your, your body temperature back up. But then also your body forces all of your blood flow into all the different extremities where if you're not you know, putting your body into either hot or cold extremes, um, the blood flow over time will decrease in all those different areas because your body doesn't it's need to circulation. be- circulation. Cir- yeah. Exactly. So it's all of these sort of things to, to really make sure that your body is you know, functioning optimally which a lot of times we don't even think about that. Like yeah, you just, just go through your day to day. Exactly. Sure. So whether it's, whether it's hot, whether it's cold, um, they both have benefits. And um, yeah, if you, you work it into your daily routine, you're going to see the benefits over time. And I think it's uh, everyone would probably just have that cynical view sometimes and be like, oh, we're all going to get old and mm-hmm. gross. But I'd feel far better being a 70 or an 80 year old walking around and having the capacity and independence to do uh, tasks you like <laughs> uh, go to the grocery store without 100%. assistance. Yep. I think that's yeah. what that longevity is yeah. that, you know, we may take for granted now, but it may be taken away from us. Yep. hundred so. percent. Yeah. And, and, and that's the same for me. You know, I, w- I want to be the, or have the, uh, the health that, you know, the 80 year old that's swimming laps in the pool every day has, or, you know, the 85 year old that plays tennis three times a week, you know, to yeah. obviously have that mobility, have that quality of life. Um, especially when you've got kids and hopefully one day we'll have grandkids and all that sort of stuff. Like, why would you? you like, yeah. you would want to be able to run around with them and still move. Oh, for uh, sure. And, you know, not be confined to a to the couch or, or a wheelchair. And, uh, you know, obviously you want to sort of put that sort of stuff off for as long as you can. That's it. Mm, 100%. Well, mate, uh, I think uh, we've fitted a lot. There was a lot in that. <laughs> there was a lot. Um, and we're right on, bang on time. Uh, Love it. So I think we'll just... Wrap it up here. Uh, for those listeners that really want to get in touch with you and Attention Media, yep. how do they go about Yeah, easiest it? thing is to uh, to just uh, jump online, attentionmedia.com.au. Would love to uh, to talk to anybody that has questions, needs some help, just wants to sort of understand that digital space. Always happy to help. Um, and, yeah, otherwise always happy to, to jump on the socials and have a chat and yeah, with people as well. No doubt. And I'll uh, put that in the show notes as well if people want to click on the links and do a bit of their own research. So. Awesome. Anything else, mate? No, I think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, appreciate uh, you having me on the show. It's fantastic. And uh, keep up the great work. A, a podcast, um, you know, can, can really go a long way. And I think, you know, one of the things that um, like podcasts have really sort of either helped to educate me along the way or you know i've gained a lot from podcasts or it's opened doors obviously as well Share so, knowledge exactly 100 yeah. it's just it's it's having those conversations and i think the 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 lengthier conversations as well is something that's really important like you know we live in a day and age where there's so much social media and it's it's 15 seconds it's a quick dm um but sitting down talking to somebody face to face and 
you know, extrapolating on things and, and thinking about things in a bit more depth is, uh, is something that's important as well. So, so good. Keep up the great work, mate. Thanks, Thanks for having mate. me. Cheers. Cheers. See you guys. Bye.